0: Welcome to the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. We invite you to open your Bibles and follow along with us as we study God's Word together. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast, a work of the Southwest Church of Christ in Austin, Texas. My name is Cody Westbrook and I'm your host for the program today. Did you know that the Bible mentions the word joy or joyful or joyous some 201 times? The Bible refers to rejoicing 286 times, and the Bible refers to being glad or gladness 144 times. Now, if you put that over against words like sorrow or sorrowful, which are found 115 times, or words like mourning or to mourn, which is found 135 times, or even the word sad or sadness, which is found only 13 times in the Bible. What that means is that the Bible mentions being joyful some 631 times and being sorrowful some 263 times. So the Bible speaks twice as much about being joyful as it does being sorrowful. One might think that God is trying to point out to us the importance of being joyful, of being glad, of rejoicing in the God who has created us and saved us and blessed us so richly. As we turn our attention in this episode to the book of Nehemiah once more, we're nearing the conclusion of our study. Now that we've worked our way up to Nehemiah chapter 11 and 12, we've seen the plans for rebuilding the walls... We've seen the execution of that plan. We've seen Nehemiah deal with confrontation as he sought to carry out the plan. We've seen the walls completed and the people consecrated. And now that the walls are completed, when we get to chapter 11 and chapter 12, we find the city inhabited and the wall dedicated. So we have the people who are consecrated and dedicated, and now we have the city. We have the wall, the work of the people being dedicated and being consecrated. Now, we're only going to look topically at Nehemiah chapter 11 and 12 and we're going to focus on the concept of being joyful. If you read through Nehemiah chapter 11 and the first 26 verses of Nehemiah chapter 12, here's what you're going to find. You're going to find that now that the walls were ready, the city was ready to be inhabited. And so Nehemiah sought to find people who were willing to move into the city and to begin lives there as residents of the city of Jerusalem. Now, once we get to Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 27, after Nehemiah has uh, gotten people committed to moving into the city, we turn our attention to a ceremony in which Nehemiah will dedicate the wall, he will dedicate the work that they all have been working so hard in order to complete. And as we read through Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 27 and following, what we see over and over again are passages that have to do with joy, with gladness, with blessing, and with thanksgiving. And I want us to think for a few moments in this episode about some reasons why they were so joyous. Number one... They were joyful because they had completed the work. They were joyful because they had completed the work. Now, the task of rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem was no easy one, but according to Nehemiah 6 verse 15, it had taken the people only 52 days to complete it. And the reason why they were able to complete that great work in so little a time is because, according to Nehemiah 4 verse 6, the people had a mind to work. Meaning they were dedicated and they were determined and they labored and they toiled in unity and in cooperation together in order to complete the project. As we step back from that uh, point just for a moment and reflect upon it, I think we all would agree that there is some satisfaction in knowing that we have done everything within our power to complete a work well. There is some satisfaction in looking at a project that reaches its completion, maybe the remodeling of a home or the repairing of an automobile or construction of some other kind of thing. And we look back and we inspect it and we see that the job has been completed and we know that we gave our best effort. And there's some satisfaction that comes in that that way. In John 4.34, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus came into the world to complete the work of the Father. He came into the world to complete the will of the Father. In Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 17, the Apostle Paul wrote, Say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Notice the idea of fulfilling. So just as Jesus said, I came into the world to do the, the will of him who sent me, Paul tells Archippus that you need to fulfill the work or the ministry, the service that the Lord has given you. As we contemplate the work that God has given us to do in his kingdom, we've got to recognize that our job is to not do that work halfway. Our job is to complete that work. Our job is to be dedicated and to be committed and determined to giving every ounce of energy and effort that we have in order to ensure the work is done. Ultimately, our work will come to an end, meaning there's going to come a time when either the Lord is going to return or we're going to pass from this life, and so our life's work will come to a conclusion. Now, what will be our reaction? What will be our response when our life's work reaches its end? Will it be a response of sorrow and regret because we have not worked for the Lord in the way that we ought? Or will it be a response of joy, great joy, because our life's work is over and we have fulfilled and we have done everything that we could in order to make Uh, in order to uh, serve God to the best of our ability. Which reaction do you suppose there will be? Now, we're studying the book of Nehemiah with the purpose of making application to the church as a whole. We're looking at our congregations and trying to determine how it is that we can uh, work and seek to rebuild and to uh, build up after dealing with such a difficult year. As it pertains to the work that your congregation is involved in, are you giving it your best effort? Are you working? Are you laboring? Are you planning? And when your life reaches its conclusion, when your time serving in a congregation comes to an end, will you be able to look back upon that work with joy because you know that you've given it your best effort? Or will you look back on that work with dread and with regret and with sorrow because you didn't do everything that you know that you could have done in order to help that congregation be the best that it could be. Number two, the children of Israel in Nehemiah chapter 12 were joyful because they had overcome adversity. They had overcome adversity. Think about everything that the children of Israel had endured in order to get to this point. First of all, they had to endure 70 years of captivity in Babylon. And then once they returned back to Jerusalem in order to fulfill and complete this task, their enemies had laughed at them and accused them of rebelling against the king in chapter 2, verse 19. Their enemies had mocked them in their effort and said that even a fox could knock down the wall in Nehemiah 4, verse 1 to 3. Their enemies had tried to intimidate intimidate them into giving up in chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, and they had even tried to murder Nehemiah through deceit and even conspiracy with his own people in Nehemiah chapter 5. They were met with great adversity, but they overcame. In Nehemiah 2, verse 20, Nehemiah said, The God of heaven will fight for us. And in chapter 4, verse 20, he said, Our God will fight for us. You see, the people had confidence. Nehemiah, as a leader, had confidence in God in dealing with their controversy. The enemies had said that a fox would knock down the wall, but now the people were walking on that wall themselves. Their conclusion or their, uh, the, the completion of their work was indeed a great triumph, and it was their faith in God that had delivered them. As John wrote in 1 John 5 and verse 4, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Now we're talking about joy, but we have to recognize that joy is not without its difficulties and its sorrows. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 8, the apostle Peter, as he reflects on our hope and on that which should bring us joy and and, uh, the suffering and the trials of life that come along with it, Listen to what he said. He said, "Whom talking about the revealing of Jesus Christ, he said, "...whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls." You see, in Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse number 4, when this book began, Nehemiah uh, made mention of the sorrowful circumstances that led to the walls being torn down in the first place. The Bible says that Nehemiah 1-4, So it was, this is Nehemiah, when I heard these words, that is the report of those who had uh, told him about the uh, people of Jerusalem being uh, in sorrow and the... Um the walls being broken down and burned with fire. He says, When I heard these words, I sat down and I wept and I mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Well now, Nehemiah's fasting and praying, Nehemiah's sorrow in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4. Listen to what it's turned into. Nehemiah chapter 12 and verse number 43. The Bible says, Also that day, that's the day of the dedication of the wall. They offered great sacrifices and rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced, so that the joy of Jerusalem was heard afar off. You see, joy is not without its difficulties and without its sorrows. The Apostle Peter, in the passage we notice, 1 Peter 1 verse 8 and 9, he is looking ultimately at that great joy that we will have whenever we're able to enter into heaven and be with our Father forever. But we're going to have to suffer difficulty in life before that joy is realized. In Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4, Nehemiah is in great sorrow and lamentation because of the difficulty before him and his people. But on the other end of it, in Nehemiah chapter 12, now that the walls are rebuilt and the task is completed, the Bible says that the joy of the people was so great that you could hear their shouts and their songs of joy from a a long distance off from the city. There are things in this world that can rob us of our joy, but we must not allow that to happen. There are enemies, there are challenges, there are obstacles to the work of God but we cannot allow those obstacles to win. Otherwise, they rob us of our joy. Number three, the children of Israel were joyful in Nehemiah chapter 12 at the occasion of the rebuilding of the walls because their relationship with God had been restored. Back in chapters 8, 9, and 10, which we've looked at in previous episodes, what we find is that the children of Israel recognized their sins and they repented of those sins. They recognized that they had been in violation of the will of God for some time. And so in sorrow and in sackcloth, they repented of those things. They changed their life. And now what they came to realize is that their fellowship, their relationship with God had been restored. And at the dedication of the wall, we're seeing what really is the culmination, if you will, of all of this that began back in chapter number 8. Whenever there is a soul reconciled to God, there ought to always be great joy. Jesus teaches us this lesson in the book of Luke, chapter 15, we have the three parables in luke 15 the parable of the lost sheep the parable of the lost coin the parable of the lost son and the bible tells us jesus tells us at the end of each one of these parables as he brings them to a close listen to what he says in verse 6 and 7 when he comes home he calls to, this is the parable of the lost sheep when he comes home he calls together his friends and neighbors and says to them rejoice with me for i have found my sheep which was lost And then Jesus said, I say to you, likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. The shepherd finds the sheep that is lost, and he rejoices. Verse 9 and verse 10, the woman who has lost her coin, the Bible says, when she has found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Luke chapter fifteen and verse number thirty two. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost, and now he is found. Notice the great joy, the great rejoicing that is mentioned as being appropriate, even in the presence of God in heaven. Whenever one who is lost is restored in his relationship with God. The, the people in Nehemiah's day, in Nehemiah chapter 12, they're rejoicing with such great joy because they've returned home from captivity. Because they have as individuals, as people, been restored and consecrated back to God. And now their home has been rebuilt and it's being consecrated back to God. This is a great time of rejoicing and thanksgiving finally number 4 they were joyful because they desired to give god the glory you see what they recognized is that the work that they had been involved in was not really their own it was god's work god is the one who made them rejoice according to nehemiah 12:43 and god is the one who made their work successful according to nehemiah chapter 6 and verse number 16 and God must always receive the glory for His work. We let our light shine before men so that they may see our good works. And notice this, glorify our Father who is in heaven, according to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. So whatever work it is that we happen to be involved in within the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, we recognize that that work is done not to our own glory, but to the glory of God. And whenever God is glorified, that should bring us great joy. That should bring us a sense of fulfillment and a sense of contentment. Why were the children of Israel joyful? They were joyful because they had finished the work. They were joyful because they had overcome adversity. They were joyful because their relationship with God had been restored. And they were joyful because they desired to give God the glory. What do we learn from this? Well, obviously we learn that we ought to be joyful ourselves. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 4. You remember in uh, Nehemiah 12 verse 43, the Bible says that the joy of Jerusalem was heard afar off. What are people hearing today in the United States of America from spiritual Jerusalem, from us, from the church? Do they hear our joy? Do they see our joy? Do they know by the way that we talk and by the way that we act on a daily basis that we are people who are full of joy in serving our God? We also learn that joy is preceded by a number of factors. There's commitment, strength, labor, encouragement, offering, sacrifice, praise, and obedience. All of these things are found in the book of Nehemiah. We also recognize, number three, the outcome of our work is joy and happiness. You see, when we look at the congregations that God has given us, we realize that we're stewards of those congregations that uh, we are God's people and the church is God's and the congregations of which we're members, those belong to God as well. And so he has placed within our hands as his stewards great uh, works and great potential is to be found there. And when we dedicate ourselves in a responsible way as good stewards to doing that work, then we ought to give ourselves completely to that work. And when we do, the outcome is joy and happiness rejoicing. As we consider the book of Nehemiah and as we consider the reasons to rejoice, we ought to be thankful that God has given us the ability to work and to serve. And there ought to be nothing in this world that gives us a negative outlook on the work of the kingdom or causes us to feel like the work is a lost cause. But rather with confidence, with joy, with rejoicing, we ought to look forward with optimism to the future. Well, that's the end of our episode today, and we are so thankful that you've taken the time to listen and to study God's Word with us. We encourage you to visit our website. We encourage you to come and visit with us if you're ever in the Austin area. And please, as always, tell your friends and your family members about the podcast and about the work of the Southwest Congregation. And please keep us in your prayers, as you certainly are in ours. Again, thank you for being with us, and we hope that you will continue listening Uh, to our podcast as we open up God's Word and study together the wonderful Word of Life. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Word of Life Bible Study Podcast. Please visit our website at swcofc.org for more information about the Southwest Church of Christ. And if you're in the Austin area, please come and visit with us. Thank you for listening, and please join us again as we open up our Bibles and study more of the wonderful Word of Life.